By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley is in charge of security. Victor Orban, did ever, anyone ever hear of him? He's the leader of Turkey. We uh -uh. have to, we have to win in November or we're not going to have Pennsylvania. They'll change the name. They're going to change the name of Pennsylvania. To what? Bidenberg? Sounds Trump like... Trumpistan? Sounds like cognitive well, decline. To me. I got the feeling that something right. Of course, I'm not a federal prosecutor. So don't take my Every medical opinion for it. Yes, I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast. That's heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. You guys are about to get some snow. Uh, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in, in uh, Fairmont, West Virginia. On WEFR, Seattle's KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet. on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com, now celebrating 20 years of troublemaking, muckraking, and independent journalism. Well, it, ha it was a hell of a game on Sunday when, uh, in overtime... With a uh, with a touchdown in the final seconds, and by a final score of twenty five to twenty two, Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Very exciting. We uh, congratulations to her, of course, and our best wishes to those who spent the past couple of weeks of their lives for some twisted, just twisted reason, furious and angry. Hoping that she and the Kansas City Chiefs would lose to Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco 49ers because, you know, MAGA or whatever it is those people have allowed to take over every waking minute of their lives. We welcome them to the broadcast as we welcome you. I want to try to open up the phones today at 818-985-5735 on some of the ongoing 2024 nightmares of every sort, and there are plenty of them. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Desi Doyen? Oh, my, uh, yes. Never stops. And wh what did you say we should rename pa Pennsylvania to? Trumpistan. I figured that's what he would want. <laughs> Got to give him what he wants. Anyway, uh, speaking of nightmares, uh, from the U.S. Supreme Court's apparent intention that we learned about last week, based on the available tea leaves from last week's oral argument uh, at the uh, high court on Thursday, their intention to simply ignore 
the text and the original intent of the founders of uh, of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, barring insurrectionists from public office. Yes, it looks like the Supreme Court is planning to simply ignore that, proving once again they are anything but constitutional conservatives. Then there's Trump's filing at the U.S. Supreme Court just before air today, seeking uh, that the uh, court will block the lower court's unanimous bipartisan ruling that, nope, presidents do not have criminal immunity from crimes that they committed while serving as president, such as, for example, ordering SEAL Team 6 to murder political opponents. That would be unlawful, even if a president did it, despite the fact that Donald Trump's lawyers argued that a president should have the right to do exactly that. Then there's Donald Trump's restatement over the weekend that he would encourage Russia to invade our allies in NATO If Donald Trump believes that they have not spent enough of their own money on defense, more on that in a moment, uh, to the report by a former Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, Robert Hur, who decided no criminal charges were warranted against Joe Biden after his uh, year-long investigation for uh, having retained some uh, classified documents after leaving the office as vice president back in 2021, and for, unlike Donald Trump, actually returning those documents to the government when they were discovered. Uh, But apparently the larger news from that report, at least if you've been following the story in the mainstream corporate so-called liberal media, is that the uh, Trump-appointed prosecutor believes Joe Biden is old and forgets things, even if he is well-meaning, according to the prosecutor. Somehow that, that... Of all those things I just ran through, somehow that is the story that the corporate media has uh, latched on to now for days. Uh, in one sense, most of it is so stupid, I'm loath to take the bait by opening up the phones to listeners to discuss any of this. But as we head toward an election between one candidate who, you can make the case, is arguably too old for the job, even if remarkably effective at it, Versus another who is a convicted fraudster, rapist, and most importantly, wildly dangerous to the survival of the nation and the planet. So, hmm, too old or too dangerous? Which one should we all choose? Uh, Anyway, I guess there is no way through it, but through it. So 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. If you are listening live in our uh, live Southern California listening area today or listening live from anywhere in the world via kpfk.org, love to hear from you. Any thoughts on those? Uh, Especially, by the way, if you think I might not agree with you, I'd love to hear why. Uh, Please note we're in the middle of another critical fun drive here at our flagship station, KPFK 90.7 in L.A. So you'll need to hit option number one if you want to call that number and join me on air. And um, I'd prefer it, frankly, if you hit option number two to make a donation to help us remain on your public airwaves here in Los Angeles and beyond. And no, this is not a drill. We really do need your support here. Uh, And please mention when you call in to become a member of KPFK, uh, it's only $25. Please mention that you're a broadcast listener when you call in. But before we get to some of those those things and your calls, a few other 2024-related odds and ends that are perhaps a bit less controversial but still noteworthy 
ish since we last spoke late last week uh, in our never ending uh, effort of keeping you actually informed about your democracy. The very one where, as we will continue to explain, nothing less than the survival of American democracy itself is at stake in this November's election. And while we usually prefer to cover the track conditions on which the horses are running more than the horse race itself, we do cover that as well for you on this program. And so we will. On Thursday of last week in the Republican 2024 Nevada caucuses, a man named Ryan Binkley won 0.9% of the votes. That would be 536 of them in total. He was the only candidate on the rigged Nevada caucus ballot other than Donald Trump, who therefore received 99.1% of the caucus votes to win all 26 available delegates in Nevada. Those caucuses were sponsored by the Republican Party after Donald Trump insisted they be held to counter the state-run primary elections, which happened just two days earlier on Tuesday, and in which Trump's last remaining opponent of note, Nikki Haley, came in second to, quote, none of these candidates, which was, of course, a bit of a placeholder for Donald Trump, who was not officially on the primary ballot on Tuesday, Trump's Nevada apparatchik, some of them facing trial themselves, criminal trial in a matter of weeks for being fraudulent fake electors back in 2020, devised a scheme to undermine the state-run primary election where any candidate on the primary ballot would not be allowed to participate in the GOP-run caucuses and vice versa. And also that delegates to the Republican National Convention would only be awarded to those who were in the caucuses. A nice scam if you have friends to pull it off for you, as Trump does in Nevada, where they are facing uh, criminal trials and prison sentences uh, in just a few weeks. Meanwhile, also on Thursday, in a contest receiving much less notice, the Virgin Islands, a U.S. territory where residents cannot vote in the presidential election, but they can help to choose a candidate Donald Trump also won out there, but by a slightly slimmer margin, he won just over 74 percent of the vote to Haley's nearly 26 percent in a contest that saw just over 250 voters total. That was the total turnout. Nonetheless, Trump won all four of the available delegates there as well. So after that, Trump is winning. Uh, he, he, he After he won all 26 in Nevada and four in the Virgin Islands, uh, Trump now has 63 delegates to Nikki Haley's 17. Ultimately, 1,215 delegates are required to win the nomination. But if you listen to the mainstream corporate media, they will tell you this race is all but over. And, well, maybe it is. On the Democratic side, President Joe Biden had already easily won about 90 percent of the vote in Nevada state primaries on Tuesday, defeating his only known competition of note in that particular race. That would be Marianne Williamson, who officially dropped out of the Democratic presidential contest shortly thereafter. 
We'll get back to some news from the GOP side of the presidential contest in a moment, as we do. Uh, but we do have a special election this week that is likely to get much attention, even if it hasn't so far, at least outside of New York. But it will get attention no matter which way it ends up going. Uh, it will likely receive much more attention if Republicans win the special election than if Democrats do. It's on Tuesday. It's in the Republican-leading 3rd U.S. House District in New York, in Nassau County specifically, in the New York City suburbs of Long Island, where Republican congressman and pathological liar George Santos was recently expelled from his U.S. House seat for being, well, a pathological liar and a remarkable con artist who bilked his own supporters out of millions of dollars Perhaps he should have been running for president instead, where that sort of thing apparently is rewarded on the Republican side. Tuesday's special House election pits Tom Suozzi, a 66-year-old former conservative Democratic congressman who previously represented some of what is now the 3rd District in New York and is well-known fixture in Nassau County politics since the early 90s. Swazi will run against a relative newcomer in Republican Mazi Pillip, a 44-year-old Ethiopian-born Israeli-American county legislator who claims to be both. Uh, she claims to be pro-life, but she believes women should be allowed to choose whether to have an abortion or not. She claims to oppose both a nationwide ban on abortion and she opposes the codification of Roe v. Wade into federal law to protect that right to choose that she claims to favor. In other words, like George Santos before her and, yes, Donald Trump, Republicans are welcome to see her as anything they wish to see her as, it seems. While the Democratic uh, candidate Swazi is said to be leading by a point or two in the polling averages in the contest in which millions are being spent by both sides uh, who would like to see who see this contest likely as a bellwether for this fall, at least until they lose the race on Tuesday, uh, in general, the race is seen as a toss up in what has become an increasingly more Republican U.S. House district in recent years in New York. But back to the presidential contest. And again, we'll take your calls on any of this at 818-985-KPFK. Would love to hear from you. Uh, back to the presidential contest. Over the weekend, Donald Trump mentioned a thing or two which one would think should get far more coverage than whether a former Trump-appointed prosecutor thinks Joe Biden is a well-meaning elderly gentleman with a fading memory or whatever obnoxious turn of phrase it was that special counsel Robert Herr uh, included in his finding, uh, unlike in Donald Trump's case, there was no evidence that uh, for criminal prosecution against Joe Biden regarding his retention of classified documents after leaving the White House as vice president. But, nah, you know, we can call him an elderly man with a fading memory. In any event, as Politico reported it over the weekend... Donald Trump took the battle for the Republican nomination to Nikki Haley's home turf on Saturday in South Carolina, which holds the next nominating contest for uh, Republicans. That'll be at the end of the month on February 24. The former president hurled personal attacks at Haley through 
Throughout an afternoon, get out the vote rally in Conway, South Carolina, most notably questioning the whereabouts of her husband, Major General Michael Haley. The greatest president in my lifetime, she said. I will never run against him. Then she comes over to see me at Mar-a-Lago. Sir, I will never run against you. She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He's gone. What happened to her? What happened to her husband? Boy, that sounds bad. I guess he must have left her because she's so terrible. Oh, wait. Where is he? He's serving the country in a year-long active duty deployment down in the Horn of Africa for the South Carolina Army National Guard. He's serving the country as a member of the military, which I guess Trump wouldn't understand because uh, no Trump has ever performed military service, going back generations in his family. At her, uh, her own rally in Gilbert, South Carolina, Haley addressed Trump's uh, comments head on and again challenged the disgraced former president to a debate, which Trump has refused to take part in at any time so far this year. Said Haley, quote, he mocked my husband's military service. She continued, I have long talked about the fact that we need to have mental competency tests for anyone over the age of 75. Donald Trump claims that he would pass that. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but if you mock the service of a combat veteran, you don't deserve a driver's license, let alone being president of the United States, she said. Her husband also responded with a post on the site still known as Twitter, showing a photo of a wolf along with the quote, The difference between humans and animals? Animals would never allow the dumbest ones to lead the pack. But the biggest news to come out of Trump's weekend rally was his attack on our allies around the world and his direct encouragement to Russia's Vladimir Putin to, yes, attack them. Quite literally, a stunning remark by anybody, much less a former and wannabe future U.S. president, literally urging Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. To our NATO allies, the very same ones, by the way, that came to the aid of our nation after the 9-11 attacks. Now, you need to know here in this uh, in this clip, uh, NATO does not actually pay to belong to NATO. Back in 2014, the year that uh, Russia first began its invasion of the eastern part of Ukraine, then President Barack Obama encouraged fellow NATO member countries, there are about 30 of them, to agree to work toward raising the amount of money that each one of them spends on their own defense, to raise that amount to at least 2% of their annual GDP. Of course, uh, we in the United States, we spend much more than that, but the agreement was to encourage all of the NATO nations to work towards that as a minimum goal. That was Barack Obama's uh, plan with the NATO nations. So that's what Donald Trump is talking about when he discusses how NATO has to pay. Sometimes uh, when serving as president, he has referred to this as NATO countries failing to pay him, owing him money, money they owed him as he sees it. In any event, here's what he said in Conway, South Carolina over the weekend. NATO was busted until I came along. I said, everybody's going to pay. They said, well... If we don't pay, are you still going to protect us? I said, absolutely not. They couldn't believe the answer. 
They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Now, setting aside the notion uh, that Trump is concerned about, you know, paying their bills after he has literally been sued thousands of times for failing to pay his bills, failing to pay his contractors and his lawyers, for example. Setting that aside, that notion that he, he would not only vow to break the decades-old Article 5 NATO pact, which says that an attack on, on one country is an attack on all countries, mandating that each come to the other's defense if they are attacked, as was the case after 9-11, which, by the way, is the only time that Article 5 was actually implemented. The fact that he claims to have said he would not come to the aid of our NATO allies, but said that he would actually encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want to a NATO ally country, that is astounding and would likely be grounds for resignation or even impeachment had Joe Biden ever uttered anything even close to it, which, of course, he never would. And by the way, neither would any Republican president other than Donald Trump. Of course, it wasn't the first time that he has said uh, something like this, even if it gets far less noticed than Joe Biden stumbling over some of his words. A Politico report just last month revealed that Trump had told European uh, Commission President Ursula von der, Le uh, von der Leyen back in 2020 that, no, the U.S. would not come to Europe's defense if it was attacked. Which is just astounding remark from a U.S. president. By the way, what does Melania think of this? You mean Melania not showing Where up? Where is sort Melania? Of like Nikki Haley's husband not showing up because he's deployed in where Africa? Where is she? Yeah, where is Melania? I'm, I'm wondering about that. She's gone. I guess she's gone. Anyway, Donald Trump's own defense secretary, his, his final one, at least the final to be confirmed by the uh, U.S. Senate, Mark Esper, he underscored that, yes, Donald Trump had already tried to do exactly this during his time in office, but he was prevented, thankfully, by guys like Esper. I think it's likely that uh, if he returns to the White House, he will completely cut off support for Ukraine. And, um, and, and that will begin the slow collapse of the alliance behind Ukraine and uh, lead to their increased vulnerability against Russia. Uh, further, I think at some point, fairly soon, he would threaten that if our NATO allies don't live up to their uh, financial commitments, that he would begin withdrawing troops out of their countries, as he, as he ordered me to do with Germany in the summer of 2020. And so, again, that will undermine the alliance itself and, um, and really signal weakness and vulnerability to Vladimir Putin. So whether that leads to a, a conflict or what, I, I don't know. I hate to hazard a guess. But look, he, he will proceed along those lines, and it won't just be in Europe. I think he has uh, concerns, yeah. deep reservations about our alliance and our relationship with other allies like Japan and Korea. <laughs> now, listen, whatever you believe, whether you believe the U.S. has been involved in far too many foreign wars in recent decades, as I do, 
The notion that we would not only abandon NATO allies if they were attacked, but actually encourage an adversary like an imperialist autocratic Russia to attack those allies uh, is in, in a not insane and stupid world, it would simply be unthinkable. But guess what? It is now thinkable. Because that's exactly what Trump is not only thinking, but hoping to accomplish if he is allowed back into the White House. Maybe that's what you want. If it is, I would love to hear from you, and I would love to hear why. 818-985-KPFK. 818-985-5735. Now, uh, as the uh, Rupert Murdoch-owned Wall Street Journal, of all places, reported over the weekend, in response to those remarks, NATO Secretary, uh, Secretary General Jans Stoltenberg and other Western officials on Sunday offered a harsh rebuke to those comments made the day earlier by Trump. Stoltenberg said in a virtually unprecedented response by a NATO secretary into the politics of one of its member nations, he said, quote, NATO remains ready and able to defend all allies. Any suggestion that allies will not defend each other undermines all of our security, including that of the U.S., and puts American and European soldiers at increased risk. I expect that regardless of who wins the presidential election, the U.S. will remain a strong and committed NATO ally. Well, we'll see. Leaders in Germany and Poland also swiftly criticized Trump's comments. Poland, uh, their d the defense minister... Uh, wrote on uh, on Twitter on Sunday that NATO's security guarantees to its members is a concrete commitment. He said that no election campaign should become a reason to undermine NATO unity. That, by the way, is Poland sits on the border of uh, of Ukraine and has taken clear notice of Russia's imperialist invasion of a sovereign neighbor in that country in Ukraine. In another apparent reaction to Trump's comments, the German Foreign Office on Sunday posted a statement of NATO unity on social media as well, saying, quote, one for all and all for one. This NATO creed keeps more than 950 million people safe from Anchorage to Erzurum. That's a reference apparently to uh, a city in Turkey. Or maybe as members of the brain poison QAnon MAGA cult might better understand this. Hashtag WWG1WGA. Where we go one, we go all. Well, that's good that they used that because that is true. That is what the NATO alliance is supposed to do. The U.S. and all the others, if one is attacked, we all join together yep. to defend to defend that country. So, yeah, it's, Stol it's kind of crazy. Stoltenberg's statement on Trump's comments was, quote, very unusual and a sign of high concern among U.S. allies about the former president's approach to foreign relations, according to William Wexler, a deputy assistant secretary of defense for special operations and combating terrorism in the Obama administration. Quote, it just shows how the norms of American poli uh, politics are being undermined at home and they're also being undermined abroad, said Weckler. Wexler. Most foreign countries, the last thing in the world they want to do is be involved in U.S. elections. And that goes for leaders of multilateral organizations like NATO. So it's a very unusual statement, he noted. Last year, Congress 
included an amendment offered by Democratic Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia and Republican Senator Marco Rubio in the annual defense policy bill that requires the advice and consent of the Senate or an act of Congress before any president could, quote, suspend, terminate or withdraw U.S. membership in NATO. The bipartisan measure was specifically in regard to Trump's behavior. President Biden signed that measure into law in late December. And if you don't think Donald Trump will do it, don't forget all of uh, those of you who like to say Trump is the anti-war president. Well, he pulled us out of nuclear uh, agreements with Russia, several of them. He pulled us out of the uh, anti-nuclear agreement with Iran. Hardly the act of an anti-war champion, but you may feel differently. 818-985-KPFK. Oh, and he also, Trump also, ordered the assassination of a top Iranian general. Oh, there's so that. that was a problem, too. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, and I think that part of this is that there are two issues that I have with Trump's comments about abandoning our allies in NATO is, first of all, he has been lying for years about how NATO works. I mean, the fact that you explained that, you know, no, there's no no, there's no fund that NATO pays into. They don't owe the U.S. anything for right. any of this. So he's been lying about how NATO actually works. Yep. And to me... He should know better. This has been explained to him over and over oh, and over better. again for many, many years. And so he's either unable to grasp it or he just enjoys lying about he, it. He enjoys lying. He's a pathological liar. Yes, yeah, that, so, that one, that choice. And then on the other level, the yeah. fact that he is basically telling Russia, oh, you know what? Hey, guys, if I'm elected, you can go ahead and do whatever you want to Europe. So, you know, it's kind of like back in 2016 when he said, hey, Russia, if you're listening, go ahead and hack Hillary's Hillary, emails. Yeah. And they did that hours later. So I think that that was a very dangerous message that he sent. The White House seized on Trump's Saturday remarks. Marks, uh, blasting them as, quote, appalling and unhinged, uh, quote, encouraging invasions of our closest allies by murderous regimes is appalling and unhinged, and it endangers American national security, global stability, and our economy at home. The White House uh, said that President Biden had strengthened the alliance and that he would, quote, continue to bolster American leadership and stand up for our national security interests, not against them. NATO, of course, for those who don't know, is an alliance of more than 30 countries at this point. It's Article 5 states that if one NATO member is attacked, quote, each and every other member of the alliance will consider this, this act of violence as an armed attack against all members and will take the actions it deems necessary to assist the ally attacked. The alliance plans to honor the 75th anniversary of its founding this year. I'm guessing Donald Trump will not be in attendance for that ceremony. Now, you would think that would be the biggest news in the middle of a presidential election year, coming from one of its two main candidates threatening to pull the U.S. out of NATO or more directly encouraging Russia to attack our NATO allies, that he would, you know, urge Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want to Poland or Germany or France or Spain or uh, who knows? You know, for those in Asia, attack uh, Japan, attack South Korea. It is just stunning. But the bulk of the media has been spending much of its time over this past weekend burying that actual story with stories about how old Joe Biden is. 
I may have some time to discuss some of that coverage after a break here, unless you folks want to ring in on, well, which stupid news of the day you would like to ring in on. My phone number is 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. As noted, we're in the middle of another critical fund drive here at our flagship station, KPFK. So if you want to come on the air, you got to hit option number one. Uh, or if you want to donate, hit option number two. By the way, there's two points. Either way, uh, if, if you do donate, please let them know that Brad sent you. No matter how you do it, you can also go online, kpfk.org, and donate there. Become a member. $25 makes you a member. Uh, and we'd love to have your support right now. In any event, um, before we go to the break, two points have been rolling around in my head today that I would love to hear from some of you about uh, in addition to all of this. Uh, one is the question that I've asked myself virtually every single day for the past nine years at this point. Do I cover Donald Trump too much? Or do I cover Donald Trump not nearly enough? Please feel free to give me a call and let me know. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, also, if this year's election, I mentioned this earlier, if it's a choice between a guy who is arguably too old to be president, even if he's the most effective president of my lifetime, between that guy and a guy who is definitely too dangerous to be president, it seems like the choice should be clear, but maybe you disagree. If so, I would love to hear from you on any of those points or anything else, 818-985-5735. Let's take a break here and see where we go on the other side of it. I would love to hear from you, by the way, uh, especially if you think you may disagree with me on something. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you're listening to The Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, it's Brad. Well, here we are in another critical presidential election year. We cover elections like no other outlet in the nation with a specific focus on the track conditions as opposed to only the horse race, though we do cover that too. This election year will be a big one like none other. It could even be the last one, depending on how it goes. Seriously. So, if you've come to rely on the broadcast for critical coverage in election years, please consider supporting our work with a generous donation via bradblog.com slash donate. Help keep the broadcast and bradblog.com free for all. A one-time donation, or better yet, a simple automated subscription, is greatly appreciated and very much needed. We could not do any of this without you. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate right now. And from both Desi and me, thank you. You're listening to the American Democracy Minute, keeping your government by and for the people. An Arizona state senator has introduced a resolution to take the state's voters out of the U.S. presidential election process. Not surprisingly, the senator is also under investigation as one of Arizona's 2020 fake electors. State Senator Anthony Kern proposed a resolution which reads, Be it resolved by the Senate of the state of Arizona, the House of Representatives concurring, one, that the legislature shall remain in session during years in which presidential elections are held, and two, that the legislature and no other official shall appoint presidential electors in accordance with the United States Constitution. 
Kern has been a fervent election denier, was photographed participating in the January 6th insurrection, and was one of Arizona's 11 fake electors in the scheme to overturn the 2020 election. Despite or perhaps because of these actions, he won a state Senate seat in 2022 and chairs the Arizona Senate's Judiciary Committee while still under investigation as a fake elector. The Arizona Mirror reports that February 1st, the bombastic Kern convinced his committee to launch a counter-investigation of the Attorney General for abusing her constitutional authority. The non-binding resolution is unlikely to pass, even in the Arizona legislature, but is another example of attacks on the fundamentals of American democracy. We have more at AmericanDemocracyMinute.org. I'm Brian Beal. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. It is not my birthday, but hey, happy birthday, Abe Lincoln, born on this day 250 years ago. And, uh, well, what would the first Republican president, old Honest Abe, who actually has honest in his name, what would old Honest Abe uh, think about the most recent Republican president and the state of our divided nation at this point for no other reason than the leader of the Republican Party is a demagogic wannabe autocrat who would love to take down the union that Lincoln fought so hard to bring back together. I shudder to think, but hey, happy birthday, old Honest Abe. Apparently, we hardly knew ye. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. It does look like uh, some of you folks want to ring in. I was uh, going to go through how uh, unbelievably misreported the uh, Robert Herr report clearing Joe Biden of any criminal wrongdoing concerning classified documents uh, in comparison to Donald Trump's behavior. But maybe we'll get to that in a bit. Let me get to some of your calls here. Let me go to Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Brad. You know, I'm so much older now, I forgot why I called. (laughs) Well, that's it. You're out. You can't run for president. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Desi, as usual, was right when she framed that uh, characterization of Trump's story about uh, talking to a NATO person. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, you can always tell when one of these Trump stories is false by a couple of things. One, if the other person in this figure, who is someone of some importance, calls him sir, yeah. you know he's making it all up. Right. And the other thing, of course, is that he's expelling air when he says it. Yep. So those are two tells that when he is lying. Those are two giveaways. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. All right. As, uh, as far as Pennsylvania goes, yeah. perhaps Mr. Trump is unaware that Pennsylvania is not the original name. That was Hakun. People who lived there for thousands of years called it that. And if he wants to go back to original names, that would be my suggestion. Yeah. What what was it originally called? Hakum. Hakum. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Good piece of uh, trivia, Mike. Thank you. I guess we will have to rename it if uh, if Joe Biden wins this year. Thanks, Mike. Good to hear from you. Hope you are well, sir. Let me go to Al in Huntington Beach. Hey, Al. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Hello, Brad. Hi, Al. You may not, you may not like the man, but he's got a good point. We spend almost a trillion dollars a year on defense. Mm-hmm. We have over seven hundred fifty bases all over the world, mm-hmm. and we should never have pushed NATO up 
to Russia's border. We didn't push. We, we didn't push uh, NATO up yeah, to Russia's we border. Were to, we were trying to get NATO. All, Ukraine was trying to join NATO. Ukraine. That's right. You, well, let me let me just correct you there. Al, you just said it. Ukraine was trying to join NATO, and what happened when they tried to join NATO, Al? They they were going to let them try and get in. They were saying, okay, mm. we had one of their meetings yeah. in uh, Iceland, I believe. They were going to let them. They were going to uh, see if they could meet the criteria. Right. So they were rejected, Al. Al, uh, in fact, Ukraine wanted to join you, uh, wanted to join NATO. NATO said, no, you can't until you do this and that and the other thing, and you have to meet all of these things. Right. Now, what is wrong with, uh, with, with joining if uh, Ukraine wants to? Uh, if Ukraine wants to, what's, what's wrong with joining NATO? Well, what's wrong with uh, Russia putting missiles in Cuba? Uh, is that what we're talking about here? Because yeah, because they, they NATO was not because NATO was not putting missiles well, into missiles Ukraine. In As a matter of fact, Poland is a hundred miles from Russia. We can you know you cannot uh-huh. rush missiles on somebody's border, especially hypersonic missiles, which you know have a flight time of five minutes yeah. away from somebody's cities. Uh huh. That is insanity. Okay. So I mean, I, would you let that happen to your country? Um, that's not really the issue here, Al. The issue, well, the issue is Donald Trump has called on Russia to attack our allies. Now, do you agree with him with the comments that he made about that attacking our allies? I don't don't agree with that, but okay, good. Good. These countries should pay their way. They do pay their way. What do you mean? They what do you mean by pay their way? Well, if two percent. Like right. Obama wanted them to pay, right? They're, they're still not meeting that criteria. Well, actually, about a third of them now are, and they're all yeah, moving in that, and they're all moving in that direction. Well, Do you feel that if they haven't met that direction, they should be attacked by Russia, and that the president of the United States ought to be encouraging that sort of thing? Well, how long has it been since Obama's been in office? Since Obama has been in office. Yeah, well, he's the one that suggested it, right? The 2014. I'm asking, do you feel a president okay, of so the United... I'm asking you a question. Years. Direct question now. Right? That should, shouldn't they be out, everybody 100% by now? Don't you think? Uh, I mean, you I, got 10 years to do something. Right? Well, I don't know. We sort of had a huge pandemic in the middle of it that, you know, kind of oh, uh, tanked okay. everyone's uh, yeah. GDP. But we that said... trillions of dollars okay. on defense every year, man. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. Country broke I agree. It. I agree, but you're you're okay. not as you're. I asked you the question again. Do you think that if they didn't pay uh, by is not paying, but if they didn't increase their own military up to two percent, that they should be attacked by Russia? And if they are, no. we should do nothing about it. Well, but I'm just saying they have ten years. They should be at least moving in that direction. You said only they are. Third. Oh no, no, no. They all are. They are all all moving in that direction. Yeah, now that Russia has invaded one of their neighbors and they're uh, two steps right. from their doorstep, sure. right. now they're like, well, yeah, we better start building some tanks and some aircraft and you know all this other stuff. But we yeah. should have let Ukraine become a neutral country. Yeah, they did that. They stop, did that. Stop meddling in their politics. Okay, Al, they did that in yeah. 2014. That's when they first invaded Ukraine, and that is when uh, NATO got together and said, all right, let's agree to make sure everyone. Uh, spends at least two percent of GDP on the military. Now, whether they are or not, doing it now. Al, only one third. Al, I let you talk, buddy. So hang on. Okay, go ahead. Whether they are doing it or not, uh, 
My question is, whether they're doing it or not, should we be encouraging Russia to attack them? And if they are attacked, should we not help them because we feel that they haven't paid enough of the, that they haven't gone as far as we have in blowing up their budget for uh, for for military? Well, what are, you should read the art of war. Yes or no? And easy, Al. Yeah, yes or no? Uh, he, the the whole point. The war should be a last resort of any country. So and you would it, oppose? You cannot achieve your means by uh, other means. All right. And then you go to war. But we we force Russia to play this move. Mm -hmm. We could have had peace, and Ukraine would still be a functioning country. <laughs> we forced. Now they can't even export their wheat. They can't. The yeah. ports are all destroyed. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I know. I know. I know what's going on in Ukraine. But I just want to back up yeah. there. You say we we forced Russia to invade Ukraine. Really? Yes. Okay. Really? You know, there's, there's the Azov okay. battalions. All they're all Nazis over there. Okay. Thank you, Al. I appreciate. I, I thank you. I appreciate your willingness to repeat <laughs> propaganda that you hear wow. coming from the right that they are all Nazis over there. I guess including the Jewish president of Ukraine, <laughs> one of the worst kind of Nazis. Wow. Uh, but, so basically, yeah. he's he's basically saying that uh, okay, if these other countries don't fund to whatever standard, that yes, it's okay if Russia attacks, and that will be the reason for the U.S. to withdraw from the well, NATO treaty. He said we they shouldn't do that, but then when I asked him very directly, he he really didn't want to answer that question, which is not a difficult question even if you think that the uh, NATO countries should pay 2% of worth of their GDP should be spent on the military instead of on the people. Um, but let's see what others have to say. Uh, it's our old friend Roger it looks like from Minneapolis. Hey Roger, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad and Desi. Um, Hi, Roger. I um, I was very brief in my response to Desi about what I wanted to call about, and uh -huh. that was my urgent sense of needing a good supply of barf bags. Okay. Why? Why do you need barf bags, Roger? Well, the media frenzy that has accompanied... Um, HERS report, so to speak, yep. or whatever you want to call that uh -huh. document. Yeah. Um, uh, and then um, the the also the frenzy, um, the way that it has been spun around his uh, around Biden's response to it um, has caused me to do something that I am loath to do, which is which is spend some time not only paying attention to what standard mainstream media is doing with this, which mm -hmm. has been absolutely revolting, um, but also listening to what the right wing of sphere, the, uh, 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 the, the Onan America and the um, uh, uh, Fox the, News. Yeah, they're saying the same so thing. Forth. They're all saying the same thing as the corporate mainstream media. The, uh, there was they 33 are. articles in the Washington Post uh, since hers report came out. Report came out about Biden's mental fitness. 30 from the New yes. York Times. Eight, only 18 from the Wall Street Journal. That, according to Judd Legum, who went through this, uh, only one of those 33 stories in the Washington Post actually included medical professionals. Um, who basically uh, said you 
you know, you, you can't judge uh, a person's mental fitness by uh, occasional memory loss. And uh, if you bother to read the rest of the media that isn't the corporate media, they will also tell you that Joe Biden for years, going back 10, 20, 30 years, has often misspoke. He was famous for his gaffes going back before he was even well, named as Barack Obama's vice presidential uh, nominee candidate. Yeah. Well, 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 OK, one slight distinction between uh, uh, and it's a really important thing between what the standard uh, um, uh, commercial media is doing with this, mm -hmm. even though they're pretty much incorporating this into their treatment. But it, it is becoming an even more resounding article of faith among the right wingers and their particular um, bubbles um, that uh, it's, it's, it is just a given. And this is regarded as slam dunk proof somehow that Biden is senile and incapable of rendering any kind of judgment as to whether he should have another sip of tea. Right. And um, it's and uh, it is it is absolutely stunning to see the um, commercial media, not necessarily canted horribly right wing. Um, pretty much singing a similar song, um, not exactly with this constantly self-reinforcing article of faith aspect that the right wing of sphere does. Nonetheless, they're doing it, and I think it's a, a sheer laziness of mind and convenience on the part of the editorial staff at these various organizations, but it's just disgusting to witness, right. hence my need for barf bag. Okay, go get your barf bag, Roger. Boom, I appreciate your uh, call. It's always good to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. Let's see if Robert in San Pedro agrees or disagrees. Hey, Robert, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, what's up, Brad? I appreciate your uh, KPFK efforts. Uh, I was just reading a little bit while I was waiting on the phone, and I heard that there's there's only 30 countries uh, or maybe, yeah, 30 or 31 countries involved in NATO as of 2024. Mm -hmm. So if we have 30 countries that have paid their 2% of their GDP, who's the last country that hasn't, just out of curiosity? Well, uh, there's about uh, more than 10. I think it's almost a dozen now who uh, pay 2%, who spend, it's not paying, they spend 2% of their GDP on military. So there's still about 20 countries that don't do that yet. They have all been increasing, however, since the agreement uh, with Barack Obama back in 2014 when uh, Russia first moved into Ukraine. Got it? Yeah, I, like I said, I just did a brief little look up on it. It shows like 30 countries have paid 2% of their GDP. So uh -huh. if there's only 31 countries in NATO, that means there's only one country left that hasn't paid 2%. Wouldn't that be ironic if it is the United States? Oh, I think we pay well over 2%, Robert. <laughs> anyway, okay, thanks, thanks, Robert. I appreciate it. No, no. Yeah. no, no, I have a different call. Trump and Biden aren't going to be your president. Instead, they're grooming Gavin Newsom as your next president. So Are they? beware of the joker that's coming to Gotham City, which is a compound word, which means got ham, thanks to Stan Lee's humor. And I apologize if I didn't get to my point earlier, but Trump's camp, uh, the Democrats have done a really good job of discounting Trump. Uh -huh. and the Republicans have done a really good job of discounting Biden. 
but they forgot about the Joker named Gavin Newsom who keeps declaring a state of emergency in California so he can open up federal funds and spend out $2 billion with the BYD Corporation during COVID. So thanks for not trying to cut me off too soon, Brad. You talked to that other guy, the senile guy, for about an hour, and you want to cut me off in mid-sentence when I haven't even finished one thought. So I'm not sure why that is, but you like talking to idiots more than you do people that have an actual opinion about something that's factual based to it. Why isn't Israel involved in NATO? Ask yourself that. Okay, very good, Robert. I enjoyed talking to you a great deal. I enjoyed talking to you, but I wondered why you want to cut me off so soon. I, I just I, 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 thought, I thought you were done after that first brilliant point. But anyway, you're done oh. after three of them. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. I've got just a few more minutes well. before I get to the top of the top of the hour. Karen in Oakland. Very quickly, Karen, I'm sorry. Though I enjoy uh, talking to idiots, I'm going to have to keep uh, Karen short. What you got, Karen? Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, yes, hi. Uh, oh, that's a person from Minnesota uh, just combobulated me because I want to talk about the, a host on the Minnesota station who said uh, over the weekend that she saw uh, Biden fumbling uh, the names of the presidents of Egypt and uh, Mexico and thought uh, that yeah. this should be... Actually, he uh, no, he didn't fumble the names. He, well, let me just clarify that for you, Karen. He, he didn't fumble the names of the... He was... He was he, called out al-Sisi, who is the president of Egypt, but he said al-Sisi, the president of Mexico, when he was at, clearly talking about uh, what was going on in Israel and that Joe Biden had helped to get humanitarian aid, to open the gates uh, of Rafah in Egypt and, uh, and Gaza. So he had the story right. He just, instead of saying president of Egypt, he said president of Mexico, but he had the story correct. Okay, but, uh, and, but uh, she said that the uh... Uh, she thinks uh, Biden should get get on the air mm-hmm. and say uh, say uh, he won't uh, uh, accept won't uh, accept another term a la LDJ almost mm-hmm. sixty years ago and I see a lot of parallels with that considering mm-hmm. that the Dem convention yeah. will also be in Chicago and yeah. then the the, the Veep will have to face uh, other. Democratic rivals and uh, in the end a Republican who used to run for president would win. All right. Well, and 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 that would uh, very possibly. Uh, well, that is what has happened via history when there has been a contested uh, a, a president uh, who's running again and is contested in some way. Generally, yes, they lose. Uh, that said. That's not what's going on right now. And I know a lot of people would love to see someone other than Joe Biden running. Okay, I might like to see that, too. But the fact is, that is not what is happening. And we need to start dealing with what is happening as opposed to what we might wish we wanted to happen. It's not happening. Now, if Joe Biden decides to drop out and then there's some sort of a some form of a primary or a question about who's going to run, we will cover it on this show for sure. But until then, I think Democrats need to get over the fact that, yeah, Donald, uh, 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 Joe Biden is going to be the nominee in 2024. Yeah. Uh, well, she was trying to equate uh, Kamala Harris with uh, Hubert Humphrey. Okay, thank you. All right, Good thanks. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Do I have time for one more? I, one more is going to have to be quick. Uh, is this Larry also in San Pedro? I think. Uh, uh, Larry, what do you got? Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Sorry, we're going to have to keep you short. Okay, Brad. Uh, if you can up, update us on Judge and Gorin. 
Ah. The big plans are off the air. Thank you, uh, Larry. Uh, judge Angoron, of course, is the uh, New York State Superior Court judge who has already found Donald Trump and his companies and his two eldest sons, Don Jr. and Eric, to be uh, liable for... We'll find out how many millions, but tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in fraud for having inflated uh, their uh, their assets, their worth for years in order to get better bank rates and pay lower taxes and get better insurance rates. They've already been found liable. The only question now pretty much is how much they're going to have to pay and if Donald Trump is going to be barred from the New York industry for the rest of his life. We have been uh, the judge said he would have a ruling by the end of January that got delayed because the chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, uh, chief financial officer of uh, Trump, uh, Trump's company, is apparently looking at uh, copping a plea for having lied during his testimony in that case. So Judge Engoron has put things off a bit. He said two weeks, two weeks would end up this coming Friday in which we will hear how much of the $650 million that uh, Letitia James, the New York attorney general, uh, believes the Trumps should pay, how much of that the judge agrees they should pay in penalties for their years, decades, really, of fraud against uh, New York, against taxpayers, against the banks and everyone else. That may come in as early as this weekend. All right. There's your update. Wish I had more for you. But then again, I don't wish I had more. I got enough right now. We have got to get out. My thanks to everyone who uh, called in today, including those we couldn't get to. We tried to get to as many as we could. Thank you for calling in. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our board operator, Wendell Handy, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. You can also drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks, Mastodons, and sites still known as Twitter, you'll find me at the Brad Blog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. You're listening to The Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.